Hey. Hey. I am here with the one and only, the beautiful Madison June. You're listening to the Reed Fletcher Podcast. Do you always start with a smooch? Yeah. Hmm. Also, these headphones are really echoing, so I think I'm just going to not use them. Okay, this is going great so far. Okay, well, maybe if I do noise canceling. Let's try it now. Yeah, it's like a little bit delayed, so screw it. Your Back. voice changes when you have those on. It's hilarious. Well, it's because I can hear my own voice, and it's like ringing in my ears. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the whole last week when we were at my parents' house. Whenever you would put your headphones on, <laughs> your voice would get like eight decibels louder. What is a what is a measurement of volume? I don't know. Leagues. Leagues. Yeah, eight leagues louder. Yeah. I know. I, I already talk loud even when I don't. You are a loud talker. Like when we're on airplanes specifically. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I have a bomb. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, that's not yeah. a funny joke. I am married to the worst whisperer on the planet. Yeah, you really are. But you know, you're not a quiet guy, which no. I'm grateful for. I wonder if it has anything to do with bad hearing as well. Because I have bad hearing, I assume that people can't hear me. Do you actually have bad hearing? Uh, It's either that or just a lot of earwax. I honestly don't. Mm. Or both. We should probably get that checked for both. Yeah. Or just clean out your ears. I get off my dad's insurance next month, so we got to take advantage. Do you know any earwax specialists? (laughs) Speaking of specialists... We need to take you to a specialist to get a haircut. I think I'm just going to ride out the quarantine ponytail. I'm going to shave your head in your sleep. (laughs) And your beard. I wonder if you're going to get all the way done with my hair before I wake up. In which case, I'll have half a shaved head. (laughs) Which will be even worse than my long hair. Quarantine beard needs to go. Quarantine beard is keeping me afloat and keeping me alive. Really? Yeah. How so? Um, it's been like a, it's been an adventure. Mm. A security blanket. It makes me feel like I'm progressing at oh, something. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Without it, I'm just <laughs> sitting at home watching Tiger King all day, every day, for weeks on end. As if, dude. It's hard for me to work out doing the home workout because it's. I don't know. Like, I, I love going and actually going to the gym. And you're there. There's other people there. Like, you feel like an urgency to, like, get it done quick. Yeah. But when you're just at home, you know, like, oh, I could do it now. I could do it in an hour. I could do it in five hours. I'll just do it tonight. Like, you're always at the gym. You need to find some heavy things for you to lift. We have some hand sanitizer. Mm. A big old big bottle. bottle of hand sanitizer. Which is going to be important for when we bring little homie home. True. Do you believe that? I wonder if there are things that we're not considering that are going to be totally different about the world in six months when he's, you know, around. Yeah. I, um, I've been thinking about this whole global pandemic thing 
Yeah. In the context of like the next month of our lives, not in the next year of our lives. Or the next five years or. And it's, I'd realized yesterday that it is kind of silly to think that everything's going to be back to normal in a month, you know, like with how far, how different things are. Already. Yeah. With the economy, with just working from home, how people are going to feel going like back into work and back into crowded spaces and stuff. I don't know. It's going to take a while for us to recover. And I think that we have no idea what it's going to look like in the next couple months. could be great and it could be a whole lot worse than we're expecting. I don't know. Yeah, it's really hard to know anything, like what the truth is. Yeah. Because you look on one person's Facebook page and it's, the U.S. has the most cases and we're the worst and we're, we suck at social distancing. And then you look at someone else's Facebook page and they're like, oh, we're ruining the economy. We need to get back out. Um, and it's really not as big a deal. Like, why are we doing this? We've overreacted. and Yeah. And so and you just kind of like decide that you most, don't know. Right. And in most cases, uh, those different opposing sides on Facebook are in the same family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And it's like, who it feels, is that person to know either? Like, yeah. who can we really trust? It feels really political, which is hard. Yeah. Um, it's hard when things are political to know what the actual story is, what the real information is, and saw something from a friend that's pursuing government careers. Uh, she posted something yesterday that was like, here's like a list. Here's a ranking of like news stations and news sources and where they fall on the bias list. Mm-hmm. And it was just really interesting to look and see, I don't know, like where different news sources are ranked in how, unbiased they are you Mm -hmm. know like cnn is like (laughs) the very bottom yeah well (laughs) i don't know it's just it's a lot and it's hard to know how to make any kind of plan which makes me nervous because we're literally undergoing the biggest event of our entire life so far up to Mm -hmm. this point in a matter of weeks and Baby number one coming. Mm-hmm. Also graduating college. Mm-hmm. Also, we have to move out of student housing. Mm-hmm. So our Hallelujah. first... Yeah. Our first real property. Yeah. Like three of the biggest decisions and biggest moments of our decade of decision are all happening within a week. Yeah. <laughs> Not to mention there's a global pandemic. Yeah, I mean, it already was stressful, and then this all happened, and it was like, uh, what? Yeah. (laughs) What do we do now? It's been kind of weird, because in a weird way, it's actually made me feel a little bit less stressed, because there's a pandemic. It's kind of like, like a, I don't know, like a get out of jail for free card, it's like, hey, like my life is screwed up. I can't figure it out because there's a pandemic. It's like an excuse. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's not good. 
And it's like, hey, you really uh, let yourself go. What? Don't you know there's a global pandemic? Right. Like you're worrying about my flat tire around my waist, you know? Yeah, see, that's having the opposite effect on me. It makes sense. I think most people... Like for me, <coughs> I feel this like need and urgency to get all of my things in order and to have a plan even more so than before because we just don't know what it's going to look like. And both are unreasonable, you know, like both, both of our outlooks. Yeah. Like how are we supposed to make a plan? I don't know. And yet we have to make a plan. Yeah. I don't know. See, some, sometimes I think about it like a snow day. Like I remember a specific time in eighth grade, there was a huge blizzard. It was on maybe a Wednesday and I had, just I had come from basketball practice and was driving home and I got caught in the blizzard in my coach's car with his son and my friend. And so I had homework due the next day and I actually probably had time to do it. You know, like I went back, I stayed the night at my friend's house. I had my backpack and everything. So I really could have done it. But there was just that feeling of, you know, hey, it's a blizzard. Like, you right. know, right. my teacher will understand. And I think that the entire world is doing that sometimes yeah. right now because of the pandemic. And it's like, like the University of Utah right now. Well, we'll just give you guys all just pass fail classes. Not saying I disagree with that, but it's yeah. kind of like, it actually didn't change any of my classes really. Some people it does, but for me, like a lot of my classes were online anyway. Yeah. But to they're coming to me like, hey, you can do just like you can do a pass fail. Like we're not gonna do the final exam. Like that that that. We you know we have a lot of things that we're gonna make easier for you. And I feel like I don't actually need all that. It's nice, but it kind of seems like people are like pandering to me when in reality, I just like stay at home, <laughs> like wear a mask out in public I'm quarantined. I work from home. I don't know. It, I guess it just depends on how you look at it because some things have gotten harder. Um, but a lot of things... You know, people are making easier for us, even though I don't really need it. You know, <laughs> don't let anyone hear that. Yeah, um, I mean, baby's coming, and you're on paternity leave now. Yeah. In preparation, and so. I mean, it's stressful. I'm not yeah, trying to like say it's it not does, stressful. It, no, I I know you're not. It's just like it's a really weird situation because. We really are just, I mean, I think it probably feels a little like, are you guys being so nice to me? Because like, we're just best friends hanging out at home all day. You know, yeah. like this is kind of dream life. Um, obviously we would not <laughs> dream about having so many people die in this awful sickness. Right. But And a lot like, of people have jobs that they got laid off from. Or they... We're very blessed. Yeah, they have yeah. to go into work and yeah. risk, you know, infection. Totally. Whereas we have, personally, all I'm saying, we have gotten lucky where it actually hasn't affected us too directly. Yeah, Despite all of the stressful things that are going on. Yeah. I feel like we're in a really fortunate position right. with how it's affected us. And it's hard to know which way we're heading because there are two different things being said in the media you know like mm -hmm. on one hand we have president trump who's like getting ready to reopen the economy mm -hmm. and is like moving forward and then on the other hand there's people that like are scientists and 
um, like that Lex Friedman guy that we were listening to yesterday, that mm-hmm. like are actively studying the virus that, you know, are saying we have not even seen like the effect of it yet. Yeah. And which is scary. Yeah. And it, for me, I don't know which camp to sit in because I really don't have anybody in my world in my like close acquaintance that um that has been affected by this other than the way we all have been affected you know just having the stay-at-home order and stuff but I don't know I'm grateful that we haven't been affected in that way I feel really terrible and awful for everyone that has but it's just it's a weird time of life and my like I don't know it doesn't feel like a snow day to me because this baby's coming (laughs) pandemic or not you know and what crazy timing to have my first baby yeah like the people that are being let into hospitals are people with coronavirus and expectant mothers going into labor and delivery you know yeah and it's like (laughs) how did we get here i don't know of all the times for us to have a baby it just feels like a lot and i feel i don't know i'm grateful every time we've uh done a podcast this year about the baby i've just talked about how calm i feel Mm -hmm. and i'm grateful because i needed that you know right yeah (laughs) like I, if I was more of a worrier, I don't know what I would be doing right now. Yeah. And, you know, having your baby in the same hospital where the virus is, you know, it's just a lot and you don't, I don't know. I think you do a really good job at worrying within your sphere of control where, you know, you worry about your personal responsibility in relation to the baby, in relation to the virus. Like when you go out, you wear a mask, you know, you wash your hands, you social distance, you know, we try not to you know, basically do any of those things that would um, make us contribute. But you don't worry, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing, as much about like the big, big picture stuff. And I actually think that that's healthy. It's good to be informed, yeah. but you're not, you know, you're not letting the case count in Italy make you stressed every single day. Right. And that's good for you. And that's good for me. Some people, they really like that. And that's almost, that's actually kind of a reassurance to them. Like, Hey, I'm up to date on everything, even though I can't control what's going on, like on the scale of the country. Yeah. It's good for me to know. Cause it's at least reassuring the more, you know, yeah. but I feel for us, our coping mechanism has been, let's stay, the right amount informed that we can make responsible decisions um, and not contribute to the problem, but not be so informed that we're actually stressing ourselves out. Right. And crippling ourselves because we have to do this no matter what, like there's no, there's no option. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We can't just like, like, yeah, we're going to keep them in for a couple more months when this all is over. Yeah. We're going to hold on to them. Yeah. (laughs) Like just like, have a belly like this huge Mm-mm. like a toddler in there we could try and teach him Mm-mm. english through the uh uh-uh. the womb wall yeah <laughs> no i um i mean that's a coping mechanism that my parents 
taught me, you know, and I feel like you're really good at it as well as like, let's, instead of focusing on what we don't know, let's focus on what we do know. And then we can break it down from there, mm-hmm. break down how we're actually feeling and then what is real, what isn't real mm-hmm. and then move from there out, you know? It's like, yeah, focusing on what you can control and what you can't. Yeah. And and how you can actually contribute. Yeah. And there's a whole lot that we cannot control. Like all the people who are, you know, freaking out and posting a lot of fear mongering things on social media. Yeah. But they themselves are not social distancing. Right. Or are not like wearing masks or, you know, touching or whatever. Yeah. It's kind of like. Your role is not only like to just share little tidbits of information on your social media. That's maybe a small part. Yeah. But like if everyone could just kind of do a little tiny bit of their own responsibility, like those things, it feels like it would make a way bigger difference yeah. than what most people are doing, which is just kind of freaking out and posting articles and Right. Getting political and yelling at each other. Yeah. What a weird time to have a baby at all. Much more so our first baby. Like, we're going to think when we go to have our second baby that everyone always has a mask on and they make you stand six feet away when you go into the hospital. Yeah. I mean, I hope we recover. I'm sure we will. Like, next time we have a baby, just be so shocked that it's so easy to get into the hospital, you know? Like, right now, only you are allowed to be in the delivery room with me, and that is subject to change. They could, just like every other hospital, totally so no change guess. that. Just me and the doctors and the team of nurses. and Just baby mama, Can you imagine? dad, oh. and no one else, right? And obviously the doctors. Well, right now, yeah, that's what it is, but they could. Could be just baby mama, yeah. and pretty soon, just baby. yeah i'm not even invited in (laughs) like phineas and ferb (laughs) (laughs) poor dr doofenshmirtz (laughs) if you know you know anyway um and everyone has to be screened on the way into the hospital you can only park in certain areas um you have to get your temperature checked and they have um when you walk in when they check your temperature there's this whole thing like if you're coughing or sneezing yeah. or if you have a sore throat or like anything like that, a fever, um, they won't let you in for any reason and they send you to a completely different clinic. Right. To do that. Yeah. Well, and then like um, like your cousin um, and his wife that just had their baby, Benny, mm-hmm. there was a corona scare with one of the babies in the nursery. And so even though... Like, uh, Benny didn't have the coronavirus just because there was a baby in the vicinity that had the virus that tested, or or at least there was a scare with that they thought that he might have the virus. It was like, okay, quarantine, mm-hmm. two weeks, don't get to see your baby at all. Oh my gosh. It's like, oh, you've just been through this like traumatic but beautiful bringing this human into the world that you've been preparing for for like 10 months. And you like see him on the way out and then it's like okay bye see you in two weeks I, that could be like the longest two weeks of my life are you kidding me i mean a lot can change our babies do in what four weeks 
Three weeks. Three weeks? Yeah. We have our induction scheduled for three weeks out. Three weeks, a lot can change. Yeah. You know, like, I'm crossing my fingers that I can go in. Um, I'm crossing my fingers that they don't have some kind of mandatory all-baby quarantine. Less than three weeks. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Like, we have the baby and we have to wait just everyone, you know, like I would hate to be quarantined from our newborn baby. Oh, yeah. You know, meet my son through glass. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's Which could like happen, thinking you know? about like, you know, our families being able to meet the mm-hmm. baby. And at, at some point, obviously, everything's going to calm down. Everything's going to, everything's going to be fine and back to normal. But uh, probably a new normal. <laughs> right. But. It's just hard. Like, we're going to want to share him mm-hmm. and have people, you know, like, gush over him. and Yeah. And they're going to want to as well. Like, mm-hmm. our families are going to want to meet him the second, the first second they can. And I don't know. Like, I was planning on having my mom in the delivery room to, like, cheer you on mostly. Yeah. <laughs> to feed you snacks. Like I'm rubbing your shoulders and she's rubbing my shoulders. Exactly. <laughs> to fan you so you don't faint. And like feeding just... me what to say. Like exactly. push. Push. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean that's not an option now. And it's, it's it's fine. It's just not how things are not going <laughs> the way that I saw them going. No. Which not they at never all. do. I mean let's be real. Like that's one of the hardest parts about life is have just having it go very differently from the way that you yeah. imagined it or the way that you wanted things to go. Yeah. You know? I'm trying to find the perfect place like mentally for me and for us that is prepared without being anxious. Yeah. You know, like there's like a, because if we start to go too far to one side, like if you start to become too lax, like, hey, we don't want to be afraid. We don't want to live in fear. You know, we want to take things as they come. We don't want to ruin this experience. And then you don't prepare, you know, and you're not actually yeah. thinking about the possibilities. Um, that's not good. But then the opposite is also not good, where if you're so afraid and you're like your preparation now becomes, you know, you being neurotic mm-hmm. and extremely anxious. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're washing your hands every five minutes and you're like reading everything on the news. That's not good either. I mean, physically, that's not good for the baby. You going through stress and fear and anxiety. Like, so I keep trying to find the place that I'm as prepared as possible, but as relaxed as possible. Yeah. Not being afraid of the future, but being totally prepared for it still. Yeah. And also psychologically... Um, we can't cling to one way of how things are going to go, you know, Mm -hmm. even though like that is what I want to do right now is like to, my brain is scrambling to find like, okay, it can go this way and this and find all the possible combinations of and outcomes that we can have. But I mean, we just don't know. (laughs) And so, yeah, like being able to think through maybe all of the combinations of things that could happen and then just like kind of send it down the river and be like, well, whatever happens. Yeah. You know, control what we can control. Yeah. Be as prepared as possible, but know that at the end of the day, it's out of our hands in a lot of ways. And that's not a bad thing, you know, like, yeah, 
If you are so worried about trying to control things you can't control, you'd just be miserable. But look at this little face. <laughs> Shout out to Cree. Shout out to Cree. Cree made us this beautiful hand-stitched... Embroidered. Embroidered. Ultrasound picture. <laughs> <laughs> Say cheese. Thumbnail. Um... <laughs> But yeah, it was kind of like, it was similar to what we went through and there was a problem with a baby's brain. Yeah. Or we thought there was a problem with baby's brain. Right, right. So long story short, the doctors told us that there might be a problem with the baby's brain. Yeah. It just looked abnormal on the ultrasound and they wanted to get a follow-up ultrasound just to make sure that it was developing properly. Yeah. So in between when they told us that and when we came back, which I want to say was like two weeks later. It was two weeks, but it was a very long two weeks. Yeah, it was like those two weeks where, you know, we kind of had these conversations with each other. Like, hey, what if our baby, you know, has is mentally handicapped? Yeah. What if our baby, you know, has learning disabilities or if our baby can't walk or talk what if our baby has um what was it muscular dystrophy cerebral palsy cerebral palsy what if our baby has cerebral palsy and it actually was really really good for us to actually face that mm-hmm. and actually like think about that as a real possibility and then be okay with it yeah because in reality like when we actually stopped to think about that in the context of our lives you know you see it all the time in other people's lives but when we stopped to actually think about that um in our world it was like oh yeah that doesn't change anything yeah change how we feel about him we still love him i have to sneeze Go ahead. I do not have the virus. Come on, here we go. <laughs> Into the camera, please. I mean the microphone. <laughs> no, Strawberries. Dang it. Um, <laughs> but I mean, that was a really sweet and kind of sacred experience for yeah, us. it was. Like our first little parenting test, you know? Yeah. Even though he's not here yet. It was, he's very, he, he exists, he's in our life. Mm-hmm. And it was a little bit of a test to you know, for us to kind of make a choice on how we were going to move forward and whether Mm -hmm. or not we were going to let that cripple us. And, um, I mean, you were a rock and I was very teary and kind of needed to work through like, okay, this might not go how I see it going. This might not be like, you know, just what I saw happening. Mm -hmm. And it was really sweet because then I was like, oh, but he's still my baby and I made him and we made him and I still want him. And I don't know, it doesn't change like how proud I am of him. I'm already so proud of him. Like the doctor told us he was head down today and I'm just so proud of oh, him. Oh, he's moving in the right direction. So proud of him that he's in the right position. <laughs> he knows which way to get out. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, proud I... of his strong little heart. He has the strongest little heartbeat. He's so it was honestly it was really good to shine a light on i think all these fears that yeah. we would have had regardless but now became an actual possibility 
you know, I had always kind of been afraid of having a kid who, you know, who had a disability or mm-hmm. who, and I didn't really ever vocalize it. Um, but the fact that it was a very real possibility, we like had to shine a light on it. We totally. had to look at we it had and to face it. we had to actually kind of expose our true feelings, mm-hmm. which was, like you said, really kind of actually liberating. Yeah. In a, in a way, because we're like, oh my gosh, like the doctor told us and it was shock. It was like, oh my gosh, like all this stuff could happen. Yeah. And then time passed and we talked about it. And we're like, you know? Yeah. We don't have any control over that. Yeah. And it doesn't really change how we feel about our baby. Yeah. I mean, it, those kind of experiences are always liberating. Um, I like that word that you used. I think that it's very applicable to like some thought process I go through every single day right now in quarantine, <laughs> mm-hmm. just like kind of thinking through the next couple weeks of our lives. Yeah. Um, like yesterday I realized, like, I feel like I've been on this huge journey through pregnancy and that like I'm reaching a finish line, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because you just look forward to baby month yeah. your entire time and you just watch your countdown get smaller and smaller. And then I realized yesterday, like, oh, he's he's not even started his life yet. I have to, like, keep him safe. And he could break his arm. <laughs> what if he breaks his arm? <laughs> what if he... What if he goes to school and gets the flu and comes home and throws up? And, and then I was just like, oh, yeah, that's just life. And there are going to be things that I can protect him from and things that I can't protect him from. And then it was just like, oh, yeah, okay. I had a vulnerable feeling like that yesterday, too. I was like, what if our son gets bullied? Right. You know? Yeah. For some reason, that was hard for me to think about. Yeah. Can you imagine? No. I don't know. Like, kind of makes me teary even thinking about it. I'm like, that would be... Like, I haven't even met the guy. <laughs> and like... Yeah. I don't know. Knowing that, like, some, you know, third grader... Yeah. Well, it's inevitable. He's going to get like, his... He's going to get his feelings hurt at some point, you know? Yeah. And then you think through, like, well, I don't want that to happen. Not my kid. Mm-hmm. And... Like, you don't want them to feel any pain at all. We're not even doing this yet. We haven't started. <laughs> no, and, I haven't even seen his face. Yeah. And and then you think about it, and when you break it down to, like, what actually matters, like we had to when we were in that in-between phase where we didn't know if his brain was going to be okay. Um, when you break it down and think about what really matters, like, he is what matters, mm-hmm. you know? And... And then you think, you start to think about like why we're really here on the earth and, and what's after this life. And it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. I thought a lot about, um, we read together, was it, uh, Power of Vulnerability Mm -hmm. by Brene Brown. And one of the things we talk about all the time is, um, foreboding happiness. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's this whole section in her book. If you haven't read it, you should read it. I highly recommend it. Um, and you should at least watch the TED Talk. She has a TED Talk called Powerful Vulnerability. It's like 20 minutes. At least watch yeah. that. And if you're married or in a relationship, watch it with 
your significant other. It was a big moment for us, and Did we read, read it? we we read that book. We listened to it when we were driving from Arizona, and they talk about foreboding happiness, which she explains is basically like you're happy right now, and things could go wrong in the future, and so you basically sacrifice your happiness and your peace of mind right now on the possibility of future pain. Yeah. And we do that a lot. So it's like that, the concept of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah, you can't yeah. even enjoy your happy times if something if could... there's even a possibility yeah. of pain in the future. Exactly. And so we talk about this all the time because we both do that. You know, like, we're so happy we're pregnant. This is so exciting. Like, oh my gosh, but what if we, you know, what if we have a miscarriage? Or what if, you mm-hmm. know, what if the baby's sick or this or that? What if the baby's premature and those things are real fears and is why i said earlier like you want to find where preparation doesn't become anxiety you want to be prepared for those things yeah but you don't want to sacrifice your peace of mind right now on the off chance that something bad happens yeah totally so we we talk about this all the time like we don't want to do foreboding happiness with our children, we don't want to be like, oh, he's a baby now, but he could be a toddler and get hurt or get sick and not enjoy yeah. right, and not enjoy <laughs> yeah. the time when he's a baby. Yeah, and just you know? be like crippled by fear. And just kind of accept the fact that we're going to prepare as much as we can and that stuff's just going to happen. Yeah. You know, like he's going to get sick. He's going to get hurt. We're going to fight with him. You know, he's going to get his heart broken. He's going to get bullied, like not necessarily just accepting that. You don't want to be like, hey, kid, you're going to get bullied. So get ready. But like, I think that trying to overprotect can actually cause a lot more problems, even, you know, like you want to protect and love. But can you imagine if he's 20 years old and he's never experienced those things because his parents were too afraid to face it emotionally? They're like, we we teach him. How to live a life of fear. Like, I don't want that. No. Yeah. I don't want to make any decision in my life based on fear. I think he's more brave about his own life than we are about his life. Oh, totally. I think that's, (laughs) I think that's really It's like a given. Yeah. But really, I mean, fear has no place in our lives, you know? And it's very prevalent, especially right now. But it really doesn't serve us at all, and it will only lead us to making damaging decisions, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, It clouds your mind, and it's, yeah. I don't know. And it's okay to, like, feel scared. I I think it's, I'm not saying that... um, that we can't be real about what is going on in the world. You know, like you kind of like look over your shoulder if you have to go out for groceries a little bit, you know, like, Mm -hmm. is it here? Is it here? Oh no. Um, where have you all been this week? Have you been self isolating? (laughs) But, um, but actually like making decisions based on, fear of other people, fear of the future. I don't know. I don't think that's healthy. I think there's always hope for a better world, hope for a better future. And 
I think it's okay to bank on things going well, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, it's like foreboding happiness, you know, people, I've done it before in my life, you know, self-sabotage so that they know what to expect. They know what's coming. Um, in relationships, like, yeah, he's like, going to dump me anyway. I might as well just, might as well him. just ruin this. Yeah. yeah. Or, um, or like in a class or something like, well, I'm not going to get a good, I'm not going to get an A anyway. So what's the point in trying, mm-hmm. you know, like anything like that when really it's so much better <laughs> If you actually allow yourself to get the experience from it, even if you somehow know the things are going to end poorly to be able to enjoy the moment you're in. I don't know. Like that's the number one advice we've gotten. My, my dad was really cute about this the other night. My parents, when we were talking to them, my dad said that if he had any advice, it would be to enjoy every moment you're in and not to long for the future obviously prepare and be excited about your future um but to really take a second to just be like man this is good yeah this is the good stuff because someday we're not gonna have i mean it's our it feels fleeting already (laughs) he's not even in our arms it's our pregnancy has gone by so fast um but i mean we're not gonna have him as a baby for very long yeah. He's not going to be dependent on us for very long. I know. In the, in the scope of things, you know? I mean, I think of, like, how I feel in relation to my parents and how, like, in some ways I still am dependent on them even, <laughs> you know? Like, for insurance or anything like that. Um, emotional, like, dependent on them emotionally. I don't know. I think of, like, how many years back it was that I was fully dependent on them. I'm like... Oh, yeah, I'm still, like, a baby. <laughs> yeah. And then we were bringing a human in that's going to be dependent on us. It, I don't know, man. This is nuts. It's amazing to me, like, how important those first years are. And, like, you can never, ever get that back for you. Mm-hmm. And you can never repair a lot of those things for them. Or for you, I guess. But the relationship, yeah. like, you know, like, you, you want your kid to be you know a great adult you're like excited like oh i'm here to teach them and they're dependent on me but you don't take that time when they're a newborn when they're one when they're two when they're three i think even sometimes we tell ourselves that we're doing something for the kid you know like what like the cliche spending all the extra time at the office um so that our kid can have a better life when like those first couple years, what I've heard, I never had a kid, are so <laughs> crucial that ironically, no matter what benefit you're giving them by spending that extra time at the office or whatever, like your presence during that time will be forever extrapolated in their life. Yeah. The way that they feel connection, you know, the way that they trust that they can make relationships, their social abilities. Um, like you can't get a 20 year old and start to hug them more and then have them have normal, you know, yeah. human touch. I mean, I'd like to think it's never too late 
for hugs, but you're right. right. Like being able to resolve mistakes you made in the first three years of their life, you know, like I agree with you that like these moments really are fleeting and they are so important and like how could you possibly want to be anywhere else you know i i talk about this all the time that all it takes is just showing up sometimes even if like i think about myself as a parent and it just feels so weird like me giving parental advice no oh, yeah i know me too like what parents are old parents like parents, parents wear cargo shorts life. parents know <laughs> know what the world is parents know how to do taxes and <laughs> yeah parents change their own oil <laughs> um hey, what am i gonna say when he comes up to me and he's like dad what what is the middle east i'm like um it's just like a an area uh kind of next to europe you know like <laughs> i'm not gonna be able to answer yeah. <laughs> his questions i can't help him with his math if he has questions about michael jordan i can help him with that but that's about it oh, but i mean what else does he need that's a good point <laughs> that's a good point but yeah when i think about myself as a parent it's just like okay really girl. <laughs> and it's kind of like the um what do they say you know they pull back the curtain on the wizard of oz uh-huh. it's kind of happening to us a little bit We're like wait a minute Parents are just like us. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh crap! I've been living under this false assumption that parents knew what they were doing. Yeah, but... my mom was like four years younger than me when she had me. Yeah. Same with my mom. Yeah. My mom was like, holy, she had my brother when she was nineteen. I think twenty actually. My so mom she was, was like, like pregnant with her last. When she was my age. Five years younger than me when she had her first child. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But then you kind of realize, like, oh, my parents were just figuring things out. They didn't know what they were doing either. You know? And it's going to be fine. And he's going to be our little buddy. And hopefully he'll forgive us. (laughs) But, yeah. Like... Even if I don't have the best parental advice, even if, like, the wisdom that I have to share is not earth-shattering, even if we can't change the oil on our car by ourselves, we should do that, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, we actually need to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're going to show up for him. Yeah. And we always will. And he's going to have people in his life that show up for him outside of us, you know. His grandparents are going to show up for him and aunts and uncles and I don't know. I um there's hope. There's lots and lots and lots of hope. I think it's good for expecting parents like us to know that it's okay to not know exactly what you're doing. Because that's an insecurity that we've kind of both had and I think is pretty natural is that, you know, hey, we don't know. Like we've never done this. Yeah. And like, if no one has told you, it's okay to not know what you're doing. Right. There's a lot of resources. Like, you shouldn't stay in ignorance, but there's no perfect answer. You know, it's like when you go onto the internet and try to find out how to be the perfect parent, <laughs> it's like you go in this whole hula hoop and end up exactly where you started. Feeling worse yeah. than you did before. You know, yeah. it's like 
do this, don't do this, never do this. The Always internet your... is a tricky place, man. Yeah, it is. And there's a lot of really good advice. There's a lot of really good books. And there are some, like, truths, you know? Like, um, kids, I mean, there's things that overlap. Like, different people will say them. And you can get a lot of good stuff. But yeah. we've both experienced, you go on there and it's just like a madhouse of, like... You know, what, what's the, the latest trend in, do we have our kid sleep in our bed? Yeah. Do we have our kids sleep in a bassinet? Do we have our kids sleep in a different room? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Make the decision for yourself. Like, do the research. Know what feels good. Yeah. And then, like, stop worrying about. <laughs> and don't let anyone else tell you how to parent your kid. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so grateful my parents taught me that. Um, verbally, but more through the way that they handled us and people that were just outside our world that tried to challenge their parenting. You know, it happened pretty frequently, <laughs> um, which is just weird because they were such good parents. But like, I'm so grateful that I know that no one can challenge my parenting. No one can challenge my choices as, as a mother. Mm-hmm. Which means I don't get to do that to anyone else either. And I'm glad that I don't feel a responsibility to, like, parent anyone else's children. You yeah. know, like, I'm so glad that that is their responsibility and I don't have to worry about what, you know, obviously if someone, like, hurts my child physically, I would want them to know. But I would not approach them like, hey, you're parenting your kid wrong. Right. I don't know. Like, you don't read with your kid at night? Do you want them to be dumb? <laughs> You know? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I love you. I love you. A lot. Do you want to do a bump check? Bump check. It's huge. <laughs> I'm waddling. I started waddling this week officially. It's a big step. Yeah. Your first waddle. I mean, his head is in my pelvis, so. That's so tight. I know, right? Hello. This is your phone. My gosh. This is our baby. Look at my head in relation to this beautiful bump. <laughs> he's got a big head. <laughs> I have a big head, which means your son's going to have a big head. Oh, crap. 37 weeks. Yep. Crazy. Crazy. I love you. Love you too. Mount Numbud.